Words escape me at the enormity of what's happened. The Michigan Women's Music Festival, a lesbian legacy and institution, saw its final year in 2015. Women around the world are feeling the impact of this closing of our sacred circle and what feels like a great loss. Why did it end? Some say it ended because all things come to an end, and it was time. Just like in the organic process of the seed, plant, and fruit, so too, over 40 years, this festival sprouted, grew, flourished, and now has ended. Others point the finger at the trans activist who organized economic boycotts of the festival. Even the Indigo Girls got on board in 2013, making a public statement about how they would never go back to fest until it specifically included and welcomed trans women, the men who say or feel they are female. I am not happy about the festival ending, no matter what the cause. Something that has helped me get through the hard winter months for the last three years has been my knowledge that I will go to Mishfest in August. I hope that hearing the voices and sounds of our last Mishfest will help us to tap at the root of what ails us, misogyny, and bleed it dry until women can rise again and create another large-scale women-only event that can be sustained into the future for the health and sanity of so many girls and women. Welcome to the Sounds of Mishfest 2015 a radio documentary of the 40th and final fest. I'm your narrator, Thistle Pedersen. Amazon women rise. Amazon women weaving rainbows in the sky. At this year's fest, there were record-breaking numbers of women in the line. It has been a tradition for years to camp out on the line the night before fest gates open. This year, there was a veritable party happening. We begin our journey back to Mishfest 2015 on August 3rd. I'm on the line, just soaking it up. Hello. How are y'all doing this morning? How are you? Got your hula hoops out? Yeah, I'm ready. Lovely. Oh. Oh, yes, you can. It is weighted. Here, let me hold the ukulele. It's totally weighted. Spectrum. Oh, no, I have a heavy one. Keep going. There you go. There you go. You got it going. Hula hoop ukulele player. This is something. Nice. You did a great job. Thank you. I'm better with mine at home. But you did a you. great job. That was fun. Kathy Brennan is a lawyer based out of Baltimore that dedicates much of her time to researching and fighting gender identity legislation that harms women. I was lucky enough to be right behind Kathy in line, so I asked her for an interview, and despite my nervousness, we both handled it quite well. What do you think makes Mishfest different from other women's music festivals? I think the commitment to women and having a woman-focused experience and allowing women to establish their boundaries and have a safe space away from a male-dominated world distinguishes this festival from any other that I've ever been to, and I'm extremely grateful to Lisa Vogel for that opportunity, and I think I know a lot of women are too. Could you compare it to, like, the, you know, specific 
other women's events like the National Women's Music Festival? Uh, no, I, I don't think you can compare it. M- Michigan, if you've never been, it, it is really like coming home. I, like I said, last year was the first time that I came, and as soon as I walked onto the land, I realized that I had been here all along, that this was a space that was created for women like me. I, I have regret that I had didn't come sooner. In the 90s, I tried to get some of my friends to go, and they were like, ew, no, woods. You know, we're from New York, so we're snotty. <laughs> like that, you know, and, you know, immature, but I'm grateful that I got to come last year and I'm grateful this year because this year I brought my seven-year-old daughter to the festival with me so I'm really excited about that. Why do you think Fest is ending after 40 years? Lisa Vogel has been doing this for 40 years and she certainly has earned her retirement and it's her it's her festival and she can decide what she wants to do with it and she's decided now is the time and so this this might sound corny, but to the extent you've come to this festival, or to the extent you haven't come but you've embraced the culture of it, you have the the kernel of organizing for women's space inside of you. And I really do hope that you know it blows like dandelion seeds across the country and across the world because there's women who come here from you know the many different countries um, to organize locally. And I think you know as we've seen over the last. 20 years with the the gay rights movement now the glbt movement um women have really been marginalized and i think it's time for women to look inward to put our attention back into women and women's space and to withdraw our resources from the male-dominated glbt movement and i i think we that's already happening over the last five years you've seen you know women have the ability now to actually question where the glbt movement has gone and i'd like to see that continue and i think it will continue and part of that has to do with you know the the recharging that women can get from women-only space, and Michigan is, has been an incredibly important part of that. Is there a message you would like to send to society at large? Um, Michigan is about love, and it's about love of women, and there's nothing here about love for women. Is there a message you'd like to send to the activists who have sought to shut down Mishfest? You know, I, not really. They're miserable people. I try not to pay attention to miserable people because ultimately they eat themselves. And, you know, it, 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 people view things in very like, oh, we lost this. Someone wrote a bad article or, oh, this thing happened. This is a movement that is going to go on for decades. So take the long view these folks, eventually women will get tired of them because women aren't stupid. I have great faith in women to figure it out because even over the last five years, there's, there was women five years ago were telling me I was a you know, horrible person. And now they're like, I love you, Kathy Brennan. You were right. And I'm like, it's not me. Who, it's just, this is just, it's radical feminism is just an accurate reflection of women's reality on this planet. So great. Why do you think women-only spaces are important? Women need space because, you know, we live in a very quick, you know, 140-character culture, but that's not how you actually become a thoughtful person. You need time and space, and Michigan and women's-only space gives women time and space, and also it gives us safe space because the reality is that male violence is a plague on this planet, and the, the primary victims of male violence are women and children. It's good for women to take space away from a class that has oppressed them globally. So, like I said, 
spread your seeds, your dandelion seeds widely and do this in your local community because that is how you will achieve change. Once I got up to the gate, the excitement was building and women were dancing, playing music, greeting each other adorned in feather buas or dressed in other fun outfits. I found Annie from Syracuse selling coffee at a little stand she had set up. Say your name and where you're from. My name's Annie. I'm from Syracuse. Awesome. And can you... Tell us how long you've been coming to Mishfest. This is my seventh or eighth fest. I forgot to check. I forgot because I have to confirm. And I was one year on crew, but it's not been consecutive. That's since 2002. So I've been fortunate enough to come at least a half a dozen times, and I am so glad to be here for the Voria. Yeah. I wouldn't have missed it. I wouldn't have missed it. I wouldn't have moved heaven and earth, quit jobs, you know, left partners if they didn't want to come. I, I was going to be here for sure. So what makes this Women's Music Festival different than other ones? The ethic here, the cooperation. I've never had a bad work shift, whether it's in kitchen or recycling or sprouts or childcare, anything. I just have so much respect for the processes that women have developed here and have passed down from year to year. The collective knowledge is, I think, one of the one of the most impressive and moving and satisfying things about Fest, plus the music, plus the women, plus the flirting, plus the workshops and everything else, but the, the spirit of information sharing and knowledge and trust and respect around that, that's what, that's what makes it for me. What do you think the future of women's culture is now that Mishfest is ending? What, what comes next? I'm concerned about that. I think there, there's an attack on second wave feminism, an attack on the values of women gathering together, and I'm worried that that's being lost. We're going to have to fight really hard. I consider myself a radical feminist. I consider that to be the salvation of women and many, many ills of the world. And I'm concerned that that's under severe, consistent, sustained attack. With Mishfest gone, we're going to have to either rise up big, move it intact. There's going to be some incarnation. Because just as things die, as I said, they're reborn. Mm-hmm. So this will be reborn in some method. Have you heard of any plans for rebirth of, of something like Mishfest? Yeah, there's been some, some pretty serious work done on some preliminaries and some discussions. And I think after Mishfest is over, and we've all, I mean all of us, or the majority of us, have grieved and mourned, that's appropriate. When your grandmother dies, you don't go out and adopt your grandmother. You know, you just you take time to remember and treasure and, and reminisce. Um, but when that's done, I'm sure... I'm sure there's going to be a even better, even better than Mishfest. If I can imagine, I can't, but yeah, <laughs> something new. Um, what message would you like to send to society at large about Mishfest? What message would I like to send to society at large about Mishfest? We were right. Women born women. The intention that was right is right. It's going to go on, and we have. We need this. You need this. Men, women, children, the world needs women gathering together as women to make change. One of the distinguishing features of Mishfest is that it is a safe place for women to love women, to be lesbians. In this interview with a couple of women from Chicago, you hear this theme of safety again and again, not just physical safety, but emotional safety as well. Where are y'all from? From Chicago. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, Illinois. And what are your names? My name is Rebecca. And I'm Sunshine. How long have y'all been coming to Mishfest? This is my 20th festival. Wow, 20 in a row? 
Well, I had to miss one festival because my sister had double knee replacement surgery. Mm. So that was the one festival I missed. All right. And how about you, Sunshine? And this is my fifth. Fifth? And, well, actually my fourth. I came three years in a row, and I missed a few years, and this is my year. I had to come back because, as we hear, this is the final festival. Uh-huh. So I definitely need to be back here. I use this moment to fellowship with the people that I love who are here. Uh-huh. And to just reconnect and find energy and, you know, kind of reconnect with myself. So a yeah. festi, I think that's the, ver- the definition of a festi. All right. Yes. When I first started coming, I connected with the drum song orchestra. So I did those intensive workshops and I performed on Sunday at the... Um, closing ceremony? Closing ceremony. And so other than that, I'm a festi, a true festi. Yay for the festies. Yeah, yay for the festies. <laughs> Uh, what makes Mishfest different than other women's festivals and events? I think you, it's a safe space. Um, it's a space that you can actually let your hair down and be okay uh-huh. and not have a feeling of um, uncomfortableness that many women endure in just the regular, you know, other, in some other spaces. I can't speak of any because this is the one I've been to, but this is how I feel at the space. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I, like I said, I've come for 20 festivals, and each festival is like a new festival for me. It is a safe space, and it's so spiritual. It's, re, it's rejuvenating. Liberating. Yes. So why do you think Fest is ending after 40 years? Yeah, I guess people just don't understand the concept. I'll be politically correct and leave that there. Well, you know, I know it must be hard to do the same job for 20 years, uh, 40 years, even if you love it. So I think maybe it's ending because somehow we didn't have the foresight to try to plan how to continue it once one group, you know, kind of exhausted themselves. How do you think women should move forward with women's culture and women-only spaces into the future now that it's ending? Don't you think there'll be a lot of fragments of Mishfest, I think. I mm-hmm. think they'll just like now scatter around the country and everyone will have their own personal things, maybe more local. Mm-hmm. That's what I see happening after, after the fest. Why do you think women-only spaces are important? Safety. I mean, you just, you know, to be able to walk out your tent and feel comfortable, safe, and I, I, the energy that women bring is different. It, it is just a different type of energy, so I, I think it's important. I agree. What message would you like to send to society at large about Mishfest, if any? It's definitely a place that's going to be missed by so many wonderful women. And if you did not get the opportunity to be a part of Mishfest, know that you still, you know, we're here in spirit because you can you can have that connection as well. And that uh, I know it'll go on forever. I would just say the the world would be a better place if it was more like Mishfest. My last question is. How has coming here to Mishfest changed your life outside of Mishfest? I came out to my family after my first Mishfest. All right. So I was liberated. And for me, I thought I was sophisticated and worldly and knew everything that women could do, you know, pro-women. But when I got to Mishfest, I saw all the things that I was amazed that women were doing. So that's how it's changed me. And it, it empowered me to go home and knock down a wall and repair my own uh, plumbing. So, you know... It, it, it empowers you, you know. Okay, thank you so much, Sunshine and Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. You are listening to The Sounds of Mishfest 2015, a radio documentary of one week in August for women, women. Only. only. Only.
the Michigan Women's Music Festival. After meeting and greeting with all the wonderful women you just heard from on the line, I went through the gate where I was greeted by fest worker women who helped me find my way through the maze of land rush, the first day women come onto the land and set up their campsites. Hello, welcome. Hello. Just arriving? Yes. Wonderful. Where did you come from? Madison. Madison. Well, welcome and welcome home. Thank you. Have you been here before? Yes, I have. Okay, then. Are you allergic to bees? No, I'm not. Okay, then. So then you can take this and go on into the other tent for your choose your work shift. Now, there are programs hanging up all over. If you should come to your tent and be in a centered moment, be looking and find a conflict, you can go over to the community center up there. And not change. Down here. Ma, I'll see you soon. And um, and you can change it if you need okay. to. Okay, thank you. Great. Hey, Linda. Once on the inside and after my campsite was set up, I decided to take a little walk out into the village and came upon the sweat lodge women drumming a blessing for the water near the Women of Color Sanctuary. Women from all over the world were passing by and joining in the drum circle as a pre-opening ceremony before the official opening ceremony two nights later. I woke up Tuesday morning on the land and set out from my campsite to the first radical feminist workshop I found in the program with Jackie Anderson and Sarah Hoagland. Then I attended the fern casting workshop where I wasn't one of the lucky winners, so I decided to walk the main drag to capture the sights and sounds of our women's village that had come to life all around me. Hi, I'm walking along the path and the crosstown transportation is going by. It's a tractor pulling a canopied trailer and lots of passengers on it. The woman driving it is in a golden bathing suit. I'm over here at Triangle, leaving One World, and I'm on the path, and I, I just wanted to read some of the messages that have been put up in the woods this year. Maybe we'll run into some women that we can talk to. The ferns are... There's a fern ocean next to me right now as I walk along this path let's see here here's a message it says if I had to choose between loving and breathing I would use my last breath to say I love you so that's nice if fear was not part of the equation what would you do some inspirational messages along the path. If you have the guts to keep making mistakes, your wisdom and intelligence leap forward with huge momentum. That's a quote by Holly Near. She's one of the performers this year at Mishfest. And this next sign says, shh, baby's sleeping. I'm going next to, I'm walking past Sprouts, where the toddlers are taken care of and here's another message you are near even if I don't see you you are with me even if you are far away you are in my thoughts in my life always anyway um, the other one went running after that as she was 
Women having conversations along the trail. Women, women everywhere. Women in wheelchairs. Women with baby carriages. Some women playing, <laughs> looks like a pickup game of football in the middle of the road. The intergalactic lesbian, oh, what does this say? The intergalactic lesbian something separatists. So that's somebody's campsite in the woods. And fast approaching topless women. Some of them have tops on, but some of them don't. Playing football. Oh, and here comes a vehicle. So they're going to have to stop their football game for a moment. It's tutu Tuesday, so I've seen a lot of women wearing tutus today. And let's see, I finally figured out the only reason to be alive is to enjoy it. Here's another message in the woods by Rita Mae Brown. All right, two teams. I'm coming past the over 50s camping area. Change is sometimes needed to better yourself. Love yourself and truly be happy. There's a message right here. Passing the Porta Janes. They don't know the numbers. The workers on the ground don't know the numbers on the land right now, but it's upwards of 5,000 on Tuesday. So we'll see. I should say they don't know the exact numbers. Endings become beginnings. Another message. I'm passing the women of color tent. Open to women of color only. In the sweat lodge, I'm staying with women who run the sweat lodge and there's the beautiful showers Mishfest showers, ferns leading up to them, hot showers they provide. Every great dream begins with a dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars to change the world. Harriet Tubman. And that's hanging at the sweat lodge leading up to the showers, and also in back of the showers is the sweat lodge. And here's the maze next to the community center. Oh, and here, <laughs> uh, hanging in this tree in front of the community center, is this gorgeous um, labia made of pink and red and purple fabrics. Lace, you can touch it. It's just gorgeous. Oh, actually, yeah, it's fabrics, but it's been... Um, 
there's some kind of shellac on here, so it keeps its form. And it's a beautiful labia hanging from this tree. I'm at the August Night Cafe. Looks like some women just got done with a dance workshop coming up on the crafts area. Maybe I'll see if I can find Brenda. Tell her I put the re-entry, Mishfest re-entry party flyers up in the Porta Janes for the Madison crew. Women lounging out in the beautiful sunshine next to the ferns. So many happy, beautiful women. Such a sight. Such an amazing sight. The Tree of Life. Here's the lesbian connection. Hi, Katie. How are you doing? Super, how are you? I'm doing good. I've got the tape rolling right now. I'm just doing ambient sounds and reading the inspirational quotes. I'm doing another documentary. Or not another. Another radio show. But this time a documentary for the end of Mishfest. Nice. You're too cool. Well, thanks. Do you want to talk a little bit about... Can, Can you catch, catch me another catch time? Catch you some other time, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, lots of women to talk to today, right? Yes. All right. Ciao. Let's see if Brenda is here. She told me that she was going to be hanging out here. This is Goldenrod. MJ, hi. Hi. Well, that's cool. Is Brenda around? I have not seen her yet. Oh, really? I don't know when she's working, so. Okay, she said that this would be the place to find her. Yeah. But Let I her know I've been putting the Madison reentry parties up in the Porta Jeans. Cool. Madison reentry, when is it? It's going to be at her place on September 12th. Good. That's not what Ohio is. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, so. tell her hi from Thistle. I will. Thank you. Yep. Excuse me, I'm, I'm so kind of... Sorry. <laughs> Wallets, bracelets, bags from recycled fabrics. This looks like a cool booth. Oh, and then there's the sex toys booth. Not too into that. Some beautiful statues. I mean, gorgeous statues. Very focused on women. All of these statues created in different materials have a woman at the at their center just gorgeous and here again is the fern theme these are pressed ferns amazon's rise beautiful put a fern on it nice Gosh, a whole business dedicated to the ferns of mishfest that's right exactly wow Gorgeous. Do you have any of those silver-casted th ferns That's here? That's bearded dragons, and they are just up the way on the right. Oh, okay. Gorgeous. I love what you've done. Thank you. T-shirts, photography, jewelry, 
just up the way. Let's see if they have any more of these silver-casted ferns that I went to the workshop for, but I was not lucky enough to draw the right lottery ticket. Hey, and he ate the crack? I know. I, was like, <laughs> I saw you. I saw you the other day. I'm like, I cracked eggs with her two years ago. That's right. Okay, so I need to get you five. Looks like they're out of the silver-casted ferns. Right. They're very po popular. Very popular. You know, we had the whole Bartlett gang. So signing off for now. This is Thistle at Mishfest 2015. You are listening to The Sounds of Mishfest 2015, a radio documentary of one week in August for women, for women. Only. only. The Michigan Women's Music Festival. There was a lot of excitement in the air on Tuesday night at Acoustic Stage for the very first performance. Elvira Kurt was our constant companion and sister of grief mixed with gratitude and ecstatic joy as she processed her feelings about Mishfest ending. Here's an excerpt that includes her changing outfits on stage and then putting her cell phone on a giant selfie stick to take a picture with all of her sisters in the audience. She did a great job of breaking the ice as evidenced by women's cackling laughter in the background. Someone else can be mature about leaving. <laughs> I am having separation anxiety. <laughs> you know, in the last few years, you know, the festival, it teaches us so many things. And I learned all about radical listening. This is harder than I thought. <laughs> Great. I went to the 40th festival and all I got was a chip tooth. <laughs> so and the funny. only thing that reassures me is when my sisters laugh at me. Not with, because I wasn't a whip. That was an act. <laughs>
she has performed comedy and theater here at Mishfest, a place she also calls home, since 1990. She has written uh, this play, Lovebirds. It is uh, set in Greenwich Village. It's a story of foolish romantics. One of the ways to get through this week is instead of thinking that you're seeing something for the last time, is to revel in the things that you get to see for the first time. So I present to you, Lovebirds. By nighttime on Wednesday, our town was in full swing with live music, dance performances, and women out and about checking out the scene. The sounds you hear in the background are from Acoustic Stage and the group Alive. Something that struck me about Mishfest as a musician was the variety of music represented on all of the different stages. There is a stereotype about female musicians that we just play folky stuff or that we're just singers and not instrumentalists. But you had every kind of musician at Mishfest, and it lit the town on fire. If you've never been to Mishfest and you hear that it's a music festival, you might not know about all of the other things that happen at Fest such as the workshops. At any given time, you may be able to try your hand at Amazon Archery, go to a yoga class, join the One World Inspirational Choir, attend a discussion on anti-militarism, or any number of things. One workshop that I found to be charming was the fern casting workshop run by Bearded Dragons, spelled with a Y. Here's an excerpt from the lottery. I'm at the fern casting workshop. Ferns grow all over the land, and this workshop is really popular. The lottery is about to happen. Sixteen women are going to be able to cast a fern and make a silver charm out of it. There's got to be at least 75 women here, maybe even 100. Sixteen spots. one by one to the table and getting their fern casting kits. Right down the trail from the fern casting workshop was the daily singing and sacred circle gathering offered by Linda Smith Kohler and Rissa Moore. I stopped by there to hear the women singing in the woods. Wherever we go, wherever we are, we're hand in hand. We are the women of the trees, the Michigan land. Wherever we are, our spirits go hand in hand. We are the women of the trees, the women of the Michigan land. 
The tribes of Michigan land. Wherever we go, wherever we are, our spirits go hand in hand. A favorite among women young and old is the Lesbian Tent Revival, held every morning by Sister Carolyn of the Sisterhood of the Sacred Synapse. Here are some excerpts from one of her revivals and an interview I did with her. She teaches sisters lessons like a preacher from a pulpit, guiding her flock in feminist self-love, confrontation, and healing. This clip begins with her talking about what the F word means and how she was confronted by women about her use of it. It has different charge for people that hear it. Some people hear it as a class marker, uh, and other people, it's a, it's a sexually violating term. It's, um, it's a graphic it's actually onomatopoeic of the, you know, act of penetration, and it and it really is something I should give more thought to. I apologize to the people that I offended with that. I think my confronter was right on in doing it. I appreciate it. I hope that I am modeling excellent taking responsibility behaviors. <laughs> if you're confronted by somebody. Even though you're sure they took it the wrong way and they're hypersensitive, <laughs> which I'm thinking just 10 minutes ago for both these women, that's my first thought. Sisters, oh, our first thoughts are usually chimpanzee thoughts. We are primates, we're defending ourselves, or we're conditioned by the patriarchy. Do not ever let your first thought be the last thought. Take it seriously. Don't make excuses, and your intention has nothing to do with anything. Say that with me, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> My intention has nothing to do with anything. Exactly. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts. Let's just have a collective groan, because that's so unfair. Oh. My intention should be everything. Sister Carolyn, like all good religious figures, uses songs to help sisters reconnect. Here is a snippet of us singing Song of the Synapse. It's to the melody of the Battle Hymn of the Republic. We're not afraid to say out loud we have an enemy. He is working all the time to make sure we're not free. Sacred, sacred synapse are weaving back the web. The genius of the patriarchy is the disconnect. So when our mighty brains are to reconnect, we remember who we are. Sacred, sacred, sacred synapse. Sacred, sacred, sacred synapse. Sacred, sacred, sacred synapse. Remember who we are. You are listening to The Sounds of Mishfest 2015, a radio documentary of one week in August for women only. only. The Michigan Women's Music Festival. Okay, I am here with Sister Carolyn Gage of the Lesbian Tent Revival <laughs> at the last Mishfest 2015, and um, I just came from her arousing, arousing session, and, um, 
And so I just wanted to ask you a few questions, Carolyn. How long have you been coming to Mishfest? This is my 14th festival, and I have been doing the Lesbian Tent Revival here for nine years. And what was your inspiration for the tent revival? Well, it was the Bush era, and uh, lesbians were really beat down. I think the whole country was beat down. There was such a sense of, oh, gosh, hopelessness and endless wars and, um, you know, rolling back women's rights. And uh, we're now in a period of resurging feminism. But at that time, it just there, it was I felt like everybody was asleep. The economy was still booming for some. And so I did it like a revival to, I feel positively evangelical about radical feminism because it saved my life. And I thought, well, we need a revival. So, you know, it's a little bit of a joke. And I play a character, Sister Carolyn uh, of the Sisterhood of the Sacred Synapse. But the the Sisterhood of the Sacred Synapse is dead serious that thinking radically is a sacrament. It's an obligation and that it is sacred. Using our brains responsibly is um, a sacrament. So it's kind of part comedy, part radical politic, part motivational speaking. Um, it's a combination of things, but it seemed to work. It was very popular, so I kept up for nine years. Could you explain the robes that you're wearing? <laughs> well, this I, I found... Um, in a uh, thrift store, and I call it a volvular as opposed to a scapular, which I think is a Catholic nun thing. I'm not entirely sure, but this is a volvular, and it uh, it involves sort of loops of pink fabric that hang down low in a kind of volvular configuration, and um, so I enjoy that. You know, uh, at the Lesbian Tent Revival, a lot of it is about remembering, and Mary Daly, you know, used that with re-membering, like putting back together parts. And I spend a lot of time talking about dissociation. Robin Morgan said something, I'm paraphrasing here, but that the genius of the patriarchy was institutionalizing the disconnect, which is to say financially incentivizing it. And that's maybe even the wrong word. You can actually starve to death if you refuse to disconnect in your job or, you know, your politic or whatever. And so at the Tent Revival, it's an environment where women are encouraged to synapse fully. Often women go through life knowing things they don't let themselves know. They have a deep wisdom, but they can't know it because if they really know it, they're going to have to break up their marriage, maybe come out as lesbian, maybe leave their job. The Lesbian Tent Revival is an environment of permission, consensual permission to think as radically and as deeply, thinking all the way to the root. Radical means root. Many of us jump off the bus before the final stop, and so in the Lesbian Tent Revival, is encouraging to think radically, deeply, to connect up all the disconnected parts, to realize that, oh, you know, my incest is connected to what's happened to the economy, is connected to, to your rape, to this and that, to, to just really, really reconnect with all those parts that the, that the culture is so uh, invested in disconnecting. And a lot of that for women born female, you know, we, we do a lot of lesbian history. You know, the witch burning, the clitorectomies, the foot binding, unnecessary hysterectomies, the uh, medical misogyny, all of the ways in which there's so many ways to disconnect um, and so few places that encourage reconnection. And of course, when you reconnect, there's a burden of grief and pain and rage that's going to come up. In some ways, there's good reason when women stay disconnected. So the, the tent revival is an attempt to create an environment that will support women in that reconnection and encourage them in the radical thinking. Down the old workshop way trail, the Women's Liberation Front, or WOLF, 
set up their camp under a banner that said Rad Femme Rhapsody. This is where tons of radical feminists hung out, giving and attending workshops, performances, and eating meals together throughout the week. It was like a village within the village. I asked a couple of younger women there, who had both attended college in the last five years, what it was like to take women's studies courses at their schools. It feels like a waste of time, and it feels like the person talking to you has nothing to teach you. What, what did they say? Are women oppressed anymore? Or? They was that are, way back when? Trans women the most of all of the women. Because who runs your women's studies department? Um, oh, that's not my school. But no, that's Concordia. Oh, okay. The, a trans woman runs the women's studies department at Concordia? Trans women are men, right? Well, they are. Yeah, but is, uh, you're a heretic. This is why you don't want to say your name, right? I'm, I'm really open about my politics because I've never been anything else, so I have nothing to like. So you spoke up in these women's studies classes? Yeah, I like wrote my paper on that. And, really? And, what? Yeah. Cool. Um, what kinds of things did you say? Um, I talked about like the the queer def or the queer queer theory's definition of womanhood and female oppression versus a rad femme analysis of gender. Like, which view has more to offer, and therefore which view, and which view represents a more accurate perspective. Mm -hmm. So that was me. And you didn't feel censored? Your professor was okay with that I, topic? I mean, I definitely was censored throughout the semester, like on, like, university discussion boards, like, literally censored. Like, I posted... I know people know of Rachel Ivey's video, The End of Gender, mm -hmm. and I posted that on there because like, we had to post things related to gender, and it was literally taken out. Who, like, who took it down? Your professor? My professor. Like, I, so I posted it, and like people can respond and have conversations, and so a dude who is a male to trans person like, commented, and he was pretty decent. Like We had a conversation, and so it was kind of But yet fine. they still... Took and it the down. Prof took it down. Yeah. Interesting. Like, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to move to this other uh, woman that just recently t attended college in America, and um, ask you what was it like taking a women's studies course? Taking women's studies, just, just I've learned recently coming to radical feminism how much of the second wave history has just been rewritten, and my generation doesn't know everything that happened. But the narrative... Intentionally doesn't know. Intentionally doesn't know. Like, I, I had no idea who Kate Millett was or Sheila Jeffries or any any of these second wave women. And so, like, the narrative I was taught was that the second wave was mostly white, middle-class housewives, such as um, who were kind of having the problem the problem with no name as Betty Friedan describes in the feminine mystique and that was pretty much it and then the third wave was the one that embraces all it, women yeah, embraces including all. men who say that they're women yeah and wasn't just about white middle class women getting the right to work, work. yeah Gender studies departments across America will not acknowledge Sheila Jeffries, will not yeah. have her work available to students. Yeah. You know, it's as if she didn't even write a book. Yeah. You know? 
or spoke or was an yeah. important feminist. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, t- that's what's such a slap in the face of, of women, I think, is that our own movement, the things that we built up, is turning against us. Yeah. You know, which is the brilliance of the whole transgender empire, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's, so it's funny too because you talk about like transparency and how like we have everything recorded and whatnot. But then there's also things that like you can't even find on Google, like and that right. Is totally or if you like, Google, I Google imaged um, lesbians the other day, and the most disgusting pornographic yeah. images came up, and I was like. No, you know what? That's not what I was thinking of. Yeah. You know? And like children who look that up when they're right. out they Children are. who type in lesbians and then they see porn. Yeah. You know? But and and some of these things like we can only find face to face talking to each other. Which is why Mishfest is so important and may the seeds be sown on this holy sacred ground that we would go out and create our own gatherings, you know? everywhere in our regions and stuff parting remarks that you'd like to make to listeners women in madison area wort community radio listeners it's really tough for young women right now to come to feminism because feminism is pretty damn confusing and i just encourage all the young women to ask the older women what happened and what the women's movement was like before and to learn from older women and to come together in person and have these conversations yeah look for each other don't let this divide between between us keep happening great thanks do you have some same thing thing. all right thank you so much I feel the need to mention the names of second-wave feminists who were not white middle-class women, as the dominant narrative in women's studies departments asserts. Audre Lorde, Anita Cornwell, Lorraine Bethel, Barbara Smith, Cherie Moraga, and Gloria Ansaldua could all be counted as second-wave feminists who were not white. Moving on to more interviews with women hanging out at the Wolf Tent at Mishfest, I was happy to get an interview with Samantha Berg, a feminist activist who works in the struggle against pornography and prostitution. We are at the Wolf Camp, the Radfem Rhapsody Conference, intra-conference within the very last Mishfest. Sam, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work and what brought you to Mishfest? Sure, thank you for having me. I'm from Portland, Oregon, where I've been living for about the past 15 years. I regularly work against prostitution and the commercial sex industry there, um, and that's what I continue to focus on. I also, in pursuit of that, coordinate women's conferences, women only to respect prostitution survivors who want that women-only privacy to talk about male violence. And in the course of putting on these conferences, I have increasingly been receiving threats from transgender activists. Just because I want to work against prostitution with women. Why do you want to work against prostitution? I mean, sex workers are workers like any other worker, and shouldn't we support their rights as workers and the choice that they've made to sell their bodies to make a living? A lot of people want to talk about the women's choices. The women are put in front in their bikinis or less for us to talk about. I want to talk about men's choices. I want to talk about specifically John's choices. Because whatever percentage of women choose or don't choose prostitution, 100% of John's choose prostitution. And there's a whole lot more John's than prostitutes. And I think we need to start there. 
Okay, and this is your first Mishfest. What is the significance of the Michigan Women's Music Festival, the 40-year legacy? What brought you here this year in particular? Sure, well, in 2014, I put on a conference called Rad Femmes Respond that was in Portland, Oregon. Everybody was invited. It was an open conference to the public. Trans persons were invited, everyone. And I was still getting death threats and all kinds of violence directed at me because I wanted to just talk about prostitution and transgender politics. As part of that pushback, my venue that I had rented was pulled out from under me. We'd had a signed contract, I'd given the money, but because these transgender activists created this fuss with the venue, kind of freaked them out, and they pulled the venue. So immediately after that conference was over, I thought, wait a second, I can go to the Michigan Women's Music Festival and they will not be able to pull my conference venue from me. So we created a whole week's worth of programming here within the Michigan Women's Music Festival. Now, I don't really believe in, in trans misogyny. I think there's misogyny, and it's misogyny as applied to transgenders, misogyny as applied to gay men who act feminine according to what we consider feminine, and then misogyny towards women. And there are strands that run through them, that strand being male violence, male oppression, the male structures that even let these oppressions happen. But I don't believe that there's a separate, wholly different trans misogyny. I think if we pull back a little bit and start to see the masculine and the feminine and the problems we've created around that, that we would see more clearly that what is the problem with transgenders is male violence and the problem with gay men, male violence problem with women, male violence. Is there a message that you would like to send out to WORT listeners? Well, if I had the chance to say anything to the average radio listener, I'd say you can do your little part against prostitution by stopping your porn use. But if you can't do that, do what you can to support your local shelters because it's all connected. The abuse against women, pornography, prostitution, international trafficking, it is all connected. Just widen your lens a little bit, think globally, and act locally. Thank you so much, Sam Berg. <laughs> Mishfest has ended, and now it's time to end this radio documentary. I'd like to thank you for listening and to thank the women who participated and gave me interviews, and also to thank Lisa Vogel, one of the founding mothers of the festival, who stuck with it through thick and thin for 40 years. Lisa, you created a safe place for women's culture to flourish. I will leave you with a statement and call to action by Molly Belt, who recently sent a letter to the Human Rights Campaign that caught the attention of hundreds of Mishfest women due to her poignant observations about the end of Fest. Thank you, Molly Belt, for standing up for women. And thank you to all the women who keep Mishfest culture alive and strong. After hearing such beautiful voices from the land in this incredible documentary, our cheeks may be wet with tears, but our hearts are full of the love we have for our land, our sisters, and our culture. We're still grieving the loss of our home, but we're also excited, wondering what will come next. Unfortunately, what comes next for us and for all women could be radio silence. I recently sent a letter to the Human Rights Campaign because they're one of the organizations that supported a boycott of Mishfest and any performer who played the festival because of the transphobic intention. This boycott caused financial hardship for performers. Women involved in the festival and their families had their lives threatened by trans activists. But once you start threatening lives, you've crossed the line from activism to terrorism. How much did HRC's public condemnation of the fest contribute to this being its last year? I don't know. What I know is the value of this sacred space may not have been understood by all, but it was needed by many. What I know is that for far too many people, women's voices didn't matter unless they were the voices of trans women. In my letter, 
I suggested to HRC, you and the other organizations that jumped on the anti-Michigan bandwagon could publicly admit you were wrong and make financial restitution to the festival and to the artists hurt by your support of this mean-spirited boycott. You were part of a war waged against women who asked only to be respected in our need for one week a year to be about our experiences as lifelong women. What I know is that unless you try to make restitution, I cannot and will not support HRC. We are still grieving the loss of See You in August, but now we need to be saying See You in Area 51. We need to fiercely defend every woman-born woman because the hate directed at Mishfest was not isolated. The current narrative seeks to erase women from mention, from existence, because the acknowledgement of women being born women is somehow transphobic. Across the country, the Equality Act is being heralded as a great advance for LGBT rights. The intention of this act is good. Make illegal discrimination based on sexual orientation or identity. However, and I quote actionnetwork.org, the Equality Act hurts women. It's true that everyone should be protected from discrimination based on whether or not they conform to arbitrary sex role stereotypes. But the Equality Act defines gender identity as equal to biological sex. Equating gender identity and biological sex will cause grave ramifications for women. If passed as written, the Equality Act could take away women's rights to request female staff to provide medical services or security pat-downs, to expect female-only staff and guests at a rape crisis or domestic violence shelter, or even to seek redress for sex discrimination. It would write sex stereotyping into law as a protected definition of legal sex. Sisters, my sisters, hold Michigan close to your hearts, but go into your communities, find your sisters, and organize. Educate that the Equality Act hurts women. Okay, here we are live in the studio at WORT. This is Thistle. Thank you so much for listening. I have a bunch of Mishfest sisters here with me, and I just specifically wanted to talk to the women listening in the Madison area and invite you to a Mishfest burrito night and open music jam. You can find out more about that by going to the Madison Madison Mishfesties Facebook page. Or you can call us here at the station, and we just have a message for you um, to end this beautiful night of listening to this documentary from the Mishfest sisters who are here with me live in the studio. Madtown Full Moon Woo! To all our Mishfest sisters out there! You've been listening to The Access Hour. The views expressed on the Access Hour do not represent those of the station's board of directors, staff, or programmers. Please remember that this show relies on your ideas. So call us at 608-256-2001 during business hours or write us at accesshour, one word, at wortfm.org and lay your proposal for a show on us. Music, talk, comedy, drama, or whatever can be conveyed over the radio. The Access Hour is anything you want it to be.